Welcome to episode four. Thank you for tuning in to the final part of my conversation with Sonia Powell about Bell Hook's book, The Will to Change. The question of the episode for today is, where did you see your great white male today? Where did you see it this week? Where did you see your privilege? That's something that we can ask whether we're white, black, brown, purple, whether we're male or female identified or somewhere in between or somewhere around on gender. There's still an amount of privilege in our lives and there's still a price that we pay for it in a system that wants to construct privilege and power the way the U.S. does right now. Where do you see that part of you that said something or did something that is inconsistent with who you are at your core and is born of privilege that you've become accustomed to? As always, if you haven't visited the the page on Facebook, please check out Killing the Great White Male on Facebook or Patreon and give us a like, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, or ping me and tell me your favorite platform, and I'll see if I can get it released there. We left off last time with Sonia talking about how those of us with privilege in any given context are trapped in this mess with everyone else because the game of power, that game of power itself, is the very problem. And we all need a huge do-over, she says. So diving back in, let's do our best Patrick Stewart and engage. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. That's... Um, the. The um, the line right before you started reading. Oh yeah, yeah. Is what is what I had happened to um, underline, um, and go, just go. it was it was about the. Well, I'll just read it. The patriarchal model that tells men that they must be in control at all times is at odds with cultivating the capacity to be responsible, yes. which requires knowing when to control and when to surrender and let go, and. Um, I was, I was just, because um, she's talking so much about men and women, men and women, um, which every once in a while starts to annoy me, yes. just to be honest, because every me. once in a while, I just, I feel like, I, I don't know, I don't know exactly what I think, but I know that when she says dominator, versus like subjugator that I, I have a full on no to that. That is bad. (laughs) I don't like that system. That's, that's a duality that I can easily be like, boo. But the truth is, is that the male female dichotomy also bothers me. Um, And she doesn't exactly break that down, but I think that what she does is she just keeps pointing back to like that, that selfhood that is in all of us, um, without exactly saying that it's the same in all of us. Cause I think she's trying, she actually is trying to keep a, a distinction between the sexes, which I don't she particularly breaks. buy into exactly. But I do feel like there's just like, so instead of, of the patriarchal model, for instance, that says men must be in control. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it also then comes in that like women often uh, and even children also often um, like help prop patriarchy up because they want someone to be in control. Yep. Um, they want a protector. They want all these things to exist in the world. But I think what this 
particular line helped me think through is that it, it, the, someone being in control is not necessarily the issue. The issue is that there's like this something bigger than that that is like being responsible, yes. which is knowing when to control and when to surrender and let go. And if you allow every human the um, the flexibility to actually like learn the difference between when to, to control and when to surrender and then the ability to do both, like the skill set to do both. You have like a happy human race. The yeah. <laughs> her her emphasis toward the end on self expression, I think I, I lament also with you the, the the binary, the gender binary that feels reinforced until until the end. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like part of me wants to say, can you can you break it a little more for me, please, at the end? But um, but she does like she does address that you know there there's a variety of boys being boys. You know some some will want the risky physical stuff, and others who are as she calls it seeking quieter pleasures. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's that like part of me longs to hear it queered more explicitly. Um, yeah. Yeah, I feel that. And like I I deeply appreciate I, I think 171 gender in other words is an is an idea that coincidentally uh, uh obliterates our common past as prey. Yeah. And states yeah. that the predator status is innate and natural at least to men. Uh, just this like it's a it's a perfect articulation I think of kind of what what uh, this mold of the great white male that uh, at least that I was taught to fit into that I was cut away to fit into um, feels like, is it really, I'm supposed to be a predator? Like what exactly am I needing to hunt right now? Yeah, seriously. Um, I also like her critique of war. Oh God. Yeah. Um, and, but, uh, I was I was thinking about that um, just today. I posted something on Facebook that was um, someone talking about how George Floyd, one of his last words was he called out to his mom, his oh, mama, God. before he died. I guess I didn't watch the video myself, but um, it was someone writing about mamas. Yeah. All you mamas out there, like we we've been called and the way that she was talking was so like beautiful and fierce and like really calling upon that. Um, like for her, she was using it as like a very female sense of like, um, anger, rage and power. Um, and like to me, it felt like mama warrior and I loved it. And it, but Mm. it, 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 on me because I remember reading Bell Hooks talk about the warrior um, in like white male um, parlance in this country and how we use it as you know a bad thing and I I just I was like you know I think I think the the connection that we have given to um, warrior nature or whatever yes. that, yep. that there is such a warrior nature in men. Um, is the problem, but not necessarily that like 
because I mean, I, I've also known men who have a fierce mama bear yep. um, capability where though their loved ones are concerned. Um, and I know plenty of women for whom that's absolutely true. Yes. Yeah. Um, that they would uh, absolutely rip you apart if you were hurting their loved one. And that kind of, like, to me, that's so far beyond, it doesn't have to be gendered. Yes. And, I mean, I, I it, like, is past the, like, there's a predator and there's a prey, and it moves to, like, some sort of, like, uh, something else that, um, you know, I feel like she was bringing in in terms of, you know, reclaiming masculinity beyond the patriarchy is this, like, whoops, this, um, you know, being able to protect, um, have boundariedness, um, yes. but there are good things too. But um, it just, it just struck me as like, those aren't actually gendered traits. There's no reason that they need to be gendered traits. They're, they're not gendered traits. They... No. Um, they have nothing to do with genitalia. They have nothing to do with yep. how you would like to perform uh, a gender in the world. Um, and that, like, the, 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 the warrior that is a predator that is trying to, like, hurt others for their own benefit... I think that has grown out of masculinity um, and the way that we are perpetuating it in patriarchy, but it absolutely is, does not need to be gendered. It does not need to be a part of what we do ever. Yeah. Because we're actually not hunter gatherers. <laughs> well, come on, if we want to question everything, right? I mean, I, th- I think never that's... have any cause to hunt. <laughs> You're naming the exact problem, and I, I love that she actually un- unpacks that. That just, you know, the reality is, most of the time, the vast majority of us do not encounter those kinds of situations. Um, I think she quotes uh, Terence. Is it real, Terence Real? I'm not sure. I, yeah, I bought yeah, his book though. After reading this, I'm like, I gotta cool. read this guy. <laughs> cool, cool, um, yeah. But he he articulates that that this, you know, this 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 is part of our brain that no longer has a function. For the most part, yeah. Um, that you know, it, it just doesn't serve us anymore. And so, why do we keep feeling like we have to reinforce it? Because again, it's part of the brain, so you can count on it to come online when you need it. Um, Absolutely, right. <laughs> and it doesn't matter whether you're the mama bear or the the papa bear; it doesn't really matter. No. Um, so the, the the section of the book that that I, I love, Bell Hooks. Uh, actually quotes Terence Riel here um, on page 119 and page 120. Um, a, a Maasai wise man, uh, well, first off, it's also oh, yeah, part of I her... I love this story. Right? Her examination of, as a whole of saying, you know, there are there are cultures out there that are not patriarchal. And when right. they are not, men have very different realities or male-gendered people or humans who just happen to have penises. Like, there's... A variety of of constructions um, outside of especially the the Western dominated uh, colonial reality. Um, so okay. yeah, a, a, a Maasai wise man, when asked by Terence Real to name the traits of a good warrior, replied, "I refi- refuse to tell you what makes a good Marani warrior. 
But I will tell you what makes a great Marani. When the moment calls for fierceness, a good Marani is very ferocious. And when the moment calls for kindness, a good Marani is utterly tender. Now, what makes a great Marani is knowing which moment is which. We see, and I believe this is switching back into Bell Hooks's observations here, we see that females who are raised with traits any person of integrity embodies can act with tenderness, with assertiveness, and with aggression if and when aggression is needed. Men who are able to be whole, undivided selves can practice the emotional discernment beautifully described by the Maasai wise men precisely because they are able to relate and respond rather than simply react. Patriarchal masculinity confines men to various stages of reaction and overreaction. And so I'm going to jump out here for a second as I read that, just like what that means, being confined to various stages of reaction and overreaction, which places this myth that I call the great white male in a constant state of having to reinforce his own maleness, his own manhood, um, even as he's panicked about it leaving in any given moment. Um, And then she contrasts that. She says, feminist masculinity does not reproduce the notion that maleness has this reactionary, wild, uncontrolled component. Instead, it assures men and those of us who care about men that we need not fear male loss of control. The power of patriarchy has been to make maleness feared and to make men feel that it is better to be feared than to be loved. Whether they can confess this or not, men know that it just is not true. Um, yeah, that is, that is, a, I love that story. Um, and I feel like her unpacking of it, uh, as you were reading it just now, um, made me think of, do you know what I mean when I say the sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system? Yep. Yeah. Um, because, uh, both are important yes. to life. We need to be able to fight or flight, ramp up and like, you know, like jump in front of the bullet to save our friends or whatever. We need, we need to have that kind of like get up and go and we need to get up and go, but we also like deeply need to relax yes. and calmly digest our food <laughs> and sit easily with our friends and et cetera. Like we have to have the capacity for both, but in modern society, it is well known that we're all too stressed out and our sympathetic nervous system is on overdrive and we're all anxious little messes and we can't digest properly. And like there's all these problems that attend to it um, because we can't balance ourselves and like choose which which we're going to do given the circumstance we can't like we're not in control yes um it just was so it sounds so much like this um this situation that men are in that like they can't just choose when to be fierce and when to be tender given the actual needs that are presented in their lives uh like they're just like a whole huge chunk that's really important is just taken from them. It's not even an option on the table. Yeah. I think about how different my life is 
the the more work that I've done around this stuff, um, the kind of relationship I want to have with my son is one of the telling bits in that. And the times when I've failed miserably at it. And the times when, I'm not sure I can say I'm proud of, of what I've done, but I can at least say I'm not ashamed of what I've done as a father. Um, and I, I think that's very, very telling. Um, that even as somebody who's been doing this work for 15, 20 years, um, this is the power of the system that we're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. That consciousness is not enough. Um, there has to be resistance, rebellion. There has to be, uh, Maria Lugones calls it curdling. I love her metaphor for that. Curdling. Curdling. Oh my gosh, I'll send you the article. At some point I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to have to read it with somebody and do a podcast on it because it, uh-huh. she's brilliant. Um, so, yes. Um, we're kind of to the point where wrapping up feels appropriate. Is there anything else burning that you want to put out there on this? Um, only this, that I, I spent the whole book till towards the end, constantly having to like work hard to come back to the spirit that I think that Bellows was writing in, which is generosity Mm. and love and compassion. Appreciative. Um, and it just really, really kept reminding me how hard this work is. It's it's this hard for me, and yeah. I'm not even a man. I'm not policed in this way, but it's hard for me to to even spend time focusing on the issues that men are having. Um, it is hard for me to um, sit with that kind of pain. Um, because I, I just, I live in this world where I spend so much time trying to, um, you know, refocus attention on the people who don't historically get attention. And so like, I'm, I'm, I, in most of my, most of my efforts are passing the mic to women and people of color and not, um, focusing on men and masculinity. Um, but, uh, I just... I just so value Bell Hooks's open-hearted um, insistence mm-hmm. that either we all get there together or we're not going to get there. And all means all. Mm-hmm. And um, we really can't leave anybody behind. And we actually, though we've you know set up a society in lots of ways to benefit men, mm-hmm. um, we're leaving them behind uh, in most feminism. We're just leaving them behind. Um, and in my own heart, I've just left them behind a lot. And um, I don't actually want to do that. I'm, it, that right there is why I'm so grateful for you and why um, I, like I've held the story of, of that moment in class. And, it, and I also, I need to speak up there and also say, I, I also am not going to privilege the voice of the white man in these discussions, um, yeah. in these wider discussions. I, I feel like there is an important discussion that needs to be had among white men about what we have paid to get our privilege and how yeah. we are going to recover our humanity because 
it was yeah. not a cost we can be paying. We need to be passing the mic. Um, uh, we, I, I need to be passing the mic. And also like sitting with this hearing, you know, loving men is important. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to say we've, we've been left behind partially because we were not going to do the work like to get there. I, mm-hmm. I got to acknowledge that in this day and age, willful ignorance is a thing. Like it, we see it every day. Absolutely. Facts are now blase. Um, science doesn't matter. Like if I don't believe in it, it doesn't matter. That, that, that's just not a way that a, a society can function. Um, and, um, I'm deeply thankful for folks like you who are willing to sit down and, and have this kind of a conversation. And you've been willing, I mean, since ever since I've known you. So it, thank you, um, for letting your heart lead on that, even as you're also very clear about the kind of fear and pain you have around, um, maleness and, and this topic. So there's a way I, I want to close these, um, podcasts, um, mm-hmm. that is, fits right in with this. It's a quote from Maya Angelou. Um, it's, it's that do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know mm-hmm. better, do better. Do better. I take that one to heart. It's the only way I can find forgiveness for some of the things that I know that I have done in my life um, that participated in the destruction that the great white male wreaks. Um, But I also know that it's the thing that gives me hope um, that I have a chance to continue doing better. Um, So, yeah. And um, in the meantime and in the future, I want to take the hint from bell hooks and also from my own heart and tell you that I love you. You're lovable. And I'm really glad for this time together. Thank you, Sonia. I love you, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks, Royce. All right. Mm. Have a wonderful evening. And you as well. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the final portion of the conversation with Sonia. Please be sure to tune into the live stream of Where's Your Heart on Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for more of this type of engaging conversation with Torian and I. We're in the process of pulling the audio from that to make a podcast as well. Search Where's Your Heart 2020 on YouTube to find a whole bunch of our content. As I mentioned last time, this week I'm also honored to be on the Frontline Stereo podcast. The host, TL, asked me why I've been holding back in our Monday live stream conversations, and the question's been haunting me, so I'm looking forward to talking with him about that. Check out that live stream Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Facebook. Just look up Frontline Stereo Podcast and join in the stream, or check out the podcast itself at frontlinestereopodcast.podbean.com. I'll be releasing new episodes from a new conversation starting next week. And stay tuned for a special episode unpacking what this whole killing the great white male thing is all about. It's a taste of the kind of content that will be available to subscribers on Patreon in the future. But this one's going to be a bonus episode for our free listeners as well. I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. I hope that it stirred something in you. 
I hope that it challenged you, and I hope that somewhere in there you found a piece of yourself. Please find a way to have your own conversations about this. Ping me on the Facebook page for Killing the Great White Male or our Patreon space. And thank you, as always, for engaging today, for living as Maya Angelou said, do the best you can until you know better. When you know better, do better. Stay tuned for our next conversation. See you on Monday.